Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And let me go live this time. You know, there's always something going on, y'all. Always something. Let's see. What is the problem here? Okay, praise the Lord. We are live. Let me make sure you can hear me. Okay, praise the Lord. We All are right. live. You can, hear sure you can hear me. All right, y'all come on in. Come on in. Good morning. You know, I tell you, the devil be busy, busy, busy. So let me just make sure we got everything the way I need it to be. So come on in. And let's get started with today. Ah, me. Let me just in, do a little invite out. Good morning. Good morning. It was it was fighting against me, y'all. It was fighting against me, but I had to be resilient. I had to be resilient. Amen. Let me just share this out, and we are going to get started. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. All right, come on, thank you. Come on in the house, come on in the house. Come on in the house. So I'm gonna get started. Um, today's lesson, we're gonna be talking about we're continuing in our lesson, the, the, the attributes of the reformer. And so today we're going to be talking about the resilient and the righteous reformer. So I want to welcome you to Mount Movers Prayer, where we pray until the mountains moved. I'm Apostle Dr. Jewel Williams. I am one of the lead pastors of Abundant Life Worship Center. We're located at 7701 South Exchange, and we would love for you to be our guest, especially this Sunday, any Sunday, but especially this Sunday, we're having our friends and family day. And to, and this Sunday, I'm preaching from the message, Bent No More, B-E-N-T, Bent No More. That is going to bless you because I promise you it blessed me. And so you also, for those that are writers in the house, you can also find encouragement from the Writer's Anointing show that is on my Tri Production page. Um, it comes out every Tuesday with just a quick five-minute tips on writers and things that you can uh, help you to just keep you in, encouraged. And so we're actually doing the same theme in the this month for the Writer's Anointing show. Um, hey, that's cool. Come back and watch the replay. I appreciate it. So let me just jump in and get started this morning. I tell you, you know, sometimes even as you're preparing something, the Lord will let you learn a lesson, won't he? Um, so we're talking first about the resilient um, 
part of the reformer. So you remember reformer is somebody that makes changes. So to be resilient means you got to be able to withstand or to either recover quickly from difficult conditions. So what that means is a resilient reformer is somebody who can make changes to something. So you're working on making changes and we're talking about good changes. They may make a change to something to improve something while also being able to withstand or to recover quickly when you're trying to make changes in difficult conditions. So what does that look like? Let's go to the scripture. Let's go to the word. And I want to show you today, we're going to walk through what this looks like when we talk about being a resilient reformer. Amen. So I'm going to start with 2 Chronicles 30 verses 1 and 2. And it says, Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. For the king and his princes and all of the assembly in Jerusalem had taken counsel to keep the Passover in the second month. So the first thing we want to understand when we're talking about the end is this person willing to make change is the you and I as a reformer must withstand the resistance of change, not just from other people. Let me put that in. You also have to uh, be willing to be resilient and resist that thing in you that don't want to change. Sometimes change is not easy. Change is not always fun, but we still have to be willing to be resilient to withstand that resistance to that change. And so here Hezekiah is like, look, I need us to get into a place where we're coming back to uh, keeping the, the commandments and keeping the things of God. And so I'm going to read the second part in a moment, but they hadn't been doing it. They hadn't been keeping the Passover. Neither had the priests been keeping themselves ready. Is that not the church today? Hello, somebody. Okay, Lord, you're going to have me go there. Sometimes we have become so comfortable with what we want to do that we have not been keeping God's standards. We have not been doing things the way he, he required for us to do it. We've become lax or comfortable and somebody got to stand up and say, no, 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 we need to change. There's a season, there's a time. We need to change. We need to get back to doing what God has called for us to do. We need to get to that place and that point where we are obedient to the standards of God. So the resilient reformer continues to share the message. The king sent the message to everyone to come and worship the Lord. He didn't let the fact that they were doing their own thing stop him from sending the message. And as he did, support began to come. We see here the princes were in agreement. So one of the things we have to understand is this. It doesn't matter that it seems like nobody is agreement with. It don't matter that it seems like every time you turn, you turn here, you got resist. You turn here, you got resist. You turn there, you got resistance. That's all right. You are resilient and you are able to bounce back and you are able to keep moving forward. God is wanting us to understand in this season, he built us strong enough to be able to withstand when folks don't want to move, when people don't want to do what they want to do. Now, let me just put a pin here so we are clear that we are saying the same thing. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm not talking about pushing your own agenda. I'm talking about God's agenda. So when we are doing the things God has said for us to do, he is saying that, look at him, look at his son, look at his daughter. I'm going to need you to keep going, even if it looks like you're going by yourself. Because the truth is, and I said this last time I preached, you never really going nowhere by yourself. Do you know you got a posse that go with you everywhere you go? 
What's the name of your posse? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You are never by yourself. You walk in the room if you are believe in Jesus Christ. You never walk in by yourself. You don't come into a crowd by yourself. You come in fully loaded with your posse. Your posse, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the truth is, you don't even come in first. God goes first. He goes before you. He goes in and introduces you into the room. Come on, Holy Ghost. So you ain't by yourself. If nobody don't seem like they going with you, if don't nobody feel like they in agreement, that's all right. If God told you to do it, you keep doing it. Amen. Amen. So the resilient reformer continues to share the message. You better get what's the message that God told you to share. You better keep sharing it. Keep sharing it. Keep sharing. Again, put my pen in it. Not your agenda, but his agenda. All right. Second Chronicles 33 and verse six. And I'm reading it from the English standard version says, for they could not keep it at the time because the priests had not consecrated themselves in sufficient number, nor had the people assembled in Jerusalem. So see this, that part two, that's why they had to say, let's do it in the second month because they wasn't ready at the beginning. So they had to make a new time because the priests weren't ready. And so this is saying they did, they had not kept themselves consecrated in sufficient enough number. Oh, Lord, is that an indictment on the church? God is saying too many of my pastors, my leaders, my prophets, my evangelists, and the, and the folks sitting in the pew. It's not a sufficient enough number, y'all, consecrated. I need y'all to get consecrated. Ouch, ouch, and more ouch. Nor had the people assembled in Jerusalem. And the plan seemed right in the king to the king and all the assembly. So they decreed to make a proclamation through all of Israel from Beersheba to Dan that the people should come and keep the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel at Jerusalem for they had not kept it as often as prescribed. So couriers went throughout all Israel and Judah with letters from the king and his princes. As the king had commanded saying, O people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may turn again to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hands of the king of Assyria. See, let me tell you something. God is saying to the resilient reformers, we understand, you and I must understand that we have to combat the fact that others aren't ready for change. Yet we must press it forward anyway. I don't care if you're not ready for the change. It is time to change. Let me tell you a little story that happened to me even this morning. When I woke up this morning, I kept hearing in my here in my spirit, I kept hearing, uh, there is an appointed time. There is an appointed time. I kept hearing, there is an appointed time. I kept hearing, there is an appointed time. I said, okay, Lord, okay, you done said that to me like several times. What are you saying? I know that scripture. Y'all all read that. We know, you know, he run with it and there's an appointed time. It's going to come. Don't worry. But that thing hit me differently this morning. What I heard the Lord say, resilient reformer, you must understand that what I told you to say has an appointed time for fulfillment. If I told you to warn my people to return to, to me, there is an appointed time when we will see the return. If God has told you to encourage folks to get saved, he said there is an appointed time when we will see the salvations come. If he has told you to tell people to repent, if he told you to tell people to be encouraged, if he told you to tell people whatever the message has been, he said there is an appointed time when that shall come. But resilient reformer, you got to keep pressing forward. It doesn't matter that you've been building your business. I'm talking to somebody today. It doesn't matter that you've been building your business and it feel like the more you invest, the less you sell. The more you invest, 
this, the less customers you seem to get. It doesn't seem like the more you invest in the church, you're doing things, you're putting things in place, you're moving. And what happened? No growth or the two or three you had done left. So you're standing in the building by yourself. God is saying, do not worry, resilient reformer. Bounce back. Bounce back from that which is trying to make you bend. I'm almost getting into my message. Now I'm not going to get. He said, bounce back from what is trying to keep you or make you give up. Bounce back because the word that I gave you, it shall come to pass. It has an appointed time when, guess what? When you keep doing, when I keep doing, there's going to be a suddenly when we're going to see it happen. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. See, he said there wasn't enough of them consecrated. Guess what? Uh, sometimes your thing, whatever that thing is that you're waiting to see manifest, it's not done yet because the people that are supposed to be a part of the thing aren't consecrated yet. Oh my God, Jesus. He said, everybody ain't consecrated yet. I need those that have called to assemble with you, whether it's in your church, whether it's in your business, whether it's whatever I've called you to do in your family, in your relationship, whatever I've called you to do. I need the rest that I've called to them to get themselves together. I'm giving them time to get consecrated. I'm giving themselves to get time to get into the right place. I'm giving them time to see and so that they can be in the assembly. Why? So that that which I said shall happen, shall happen. So let me encourage you today. Reformer, do not come down off of your assignment. Oh, this blessing me, this blessing me, this blessing me. It's blessing me, this blessing me, this blessing me. Thank you, G. Second Chronicles. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 30 verse 7 through 9 says, Do not be like your fathers and your brothers who were faithless to the Lord God of their fathers so that he made them a desolation as you see. Do not be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourself to the Lord and come to his sanctuary, uh, uh, which he has consecrated forever. Serve the Lord your God that his fierce anger may turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your children will find compassion with their captors and return to this land. Come on, somebody. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. The resilient reformer is willing to give the hard message and ask the hard questions. See, gone are the feel-good days uh -huh, to just make you listen and be happy you know, we'll uh, don't worry, be happy. Mm -hmm. We ain't singing the happy song. Uh uh uh. Gone are the days of the messengers that are coming to just fill you up 
with fluff so that you can fill their pockets with your money. Gone are the days where you are are, are just, you know, here, I'm going to give you a blessing. Here's my zeal. Here's my cash. No, no, no. God is looking for reformers who are going to tell the people the truth. What he want y'all to know? Based on this scripture, he wants them to be telling folks, you stink. You stink. Oh, my God. I didn't say it. That's what he said. We got to start telling the people you stink. Mm -hmm. You stink. You stink. Look at what he said. Don't be faithless like your fathers was. Who are your fathers? Those that you saw before you. Uh, it don't even mean your natural father. Those that you might have saw in the faith that in, in, in the church houses. Those that you might have saw in your jobs, in your family. Those that really didn't have the right kind of faith. They didn't walk the faith out the way they were supposed to. Uh, some of them appear to have the right amount of faith but when you dug a little deeper they showed that it was not a true faith uh they was all about me the myself and the i the, that false trinity god is saying uh, uh i no longer want this generation to be faithless like those that have come before them uh-huh and i'm not talking about everybody so let me don't nobody run and say she said everybody before was fake that ain't what i said he said stop following the ones that was and many times to be the truth is them the ones we be following because they the entertaining ones them the ones we running after because they 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 make us feel good god says stop running after somebody just because they make you feel good are they telling you the truth so he says stop being faithless he also said look part of what makes you stink is you're stiff-necked don't be stiff-necked what's stiff-necked think about it if you ever had a crick in your neck you had to turn your whole body because you couldn't, you you didn't have the flexibility in your neck. So in order to move, what you had to do, you had to move your whole body. God is saying when you stiff-necked, that stiff-necked idea moves your whole body out of agreement with God. When you stiff-necked, you move your head this way, but God is telling you to move that way. So you moved your head and your body, and you're totally out of alignment. God is saying, stop being stiff-necked. He said, but instead, yield yourself and come into his sanctuary. Okay, can I say this? And please don't nobody take this wrong. But if you do, I'm sorry. I just got to say this. So I get that some people are not physically in the building yet. And I'm not I'm not knocking that. But this is the point. If your church got an e-campus, be in some part of the campus. Whether you in the lab campus, the e-campus, the, the outer campus, be in some part of the campus. Be in some part of the part of the building of the church be somewhere some of us have gone home with covid hit and we ain't came back out yet now we go to work we do everything else but when it come to church oh no I, I just i can't i ain't felt led to go in god is let me well let me help you feel led this is what the word said he said come to my sanctuary which he has consecrated forever and serve the lord he said, if you serve him, he will turn away his fierce anger. He said, if you return to the Lord, he guess this, this is the part. Ooh, yeah, he said, if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your children will find compassion. Don't you know sometimes you, because you are the reformer, the change maker, the change agent, and because of your resiliency, God is saying sometimes you got to be the first one. If you're the one that changed, I will then show compassion. He said, I'll show compassion on your children, your brothers, your mama, your daddy, your husband, whoever. So sometimes we waiting for, oh, they ain't saved yet. God said, you show up and I may show compassion on on those you love he said because he is gracious and merciful and will turn his face he will not turn his face away from those who return to him so it is time for us to be willing to hear the the, the true message and can i say this 
it's time for us to tell the truth to ourselves. Sometimes you got to tell your own self, you know what? You stink. You stink. You stink. You stink. You stink. What stink? Your attitude stink. You're lazy. You don't like to, you don't like to be corrected. You, you, you stink because you, you, you're hard-headed. You stink because can't nobody tell you nothing. You stink. You stink. But it's okay. God said when you find out you stink, you hear the truth, and then you can do something about it. It is time for us to do something different. That's right. Sometimes we the trouble. We always be like them did that. You know, the devil did this. The devil. You know what? Can I just say this before I move on? We give the devil too much credit for stuff. Sometimes he ain't doing nothing. It is us. We have moved away because of our own self and what we wanted. And we be just like, whatever. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. God is saying the resilient reform is willing to give the hard message and ask the hard question. Sometimes you got to ask yourself the hard question. Lord, am I really in your will? I've been doing a thing a certain way for so long, it just feels right. But is it in your will? Father, you know, I've been getting the kind of, you know, uh, results that I want with my behavior and the things that I'm doing. But is it the right behavior? It is the Is it the right attention? Am I moving in the way that you want me to do? And if not, I repent because, Father, I want to be one that is a reformer. And if the change starts with me, then let it be with me first. Hallelujah. 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 There's blessing me, y'all. There's blessing me. There's blessing me. There's blessing me. Second uh, Chronicles 30, 10 and 13 says, so the couriers went from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, and as far as Zebulon, but they laughed them to scorn and mock them. However, there's always, can I, can I pause right there? Don't you know there's always a however in your story? They did this, but however. They, they, they did that, however. They refused this, however. They wouldn't give me nothing. However, there's always a however in your story. However, some men of Asher, of Manasseh, and of Zebulon humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. The hand of God was also on Judah to give them one heart to do what the king and the princes commanded by the word of the Lord. Don't you know God's hand is at work in your behalf? God says that he is actually put his hand upon those so that their heart would be in alignment for what the assignment is on your life. There are those that you may not even see yet, but God is already working on their heart to align them so that they are in alignment with the assignment on your life. I had to say that again. And many people came together in Jerusalem to keep the feast of the unleavened bread in the second month, a very great assembly. See, the resilient reformer continues to encourage the workers to share the message. And there is a resiliently inward that builds up the follower. That, that there's, there's this inward resilience that has to make us be willing to give the message, even if the message is mocked. It doesn't matter because it says some laughed and scorned, laughed them to scorn and mocked them. There are going to be people when you do a Facebook live that'll come out like, oh, here goes some more of them Jesus freaks. There's going to be somebody when you encourage, oh, that, yeah, you and that, you with that crutch called Christ. There are going to be some folks that's going to say some stuff. But guess what? Let 
them mock let them laugh because who gonna get the last laugh is not them because they shall be held accountable when the lord comes and it's their time and god said remember the day that i sent my son and my daughter to come and tell you about me and you laughed at them well they, they ain't gonna be able to say but lord i didn't understand no no no. i was giving you an opportunity to understand so guess what don't worry about those that laugh and mock you just do your part you were supposed to give the message because then there is your however however in the telling some ha some somebody writes some in the telling some are gonna come some are gonna humble themselves some are gonna see you as a blessing some are gonna receive the message some are gonna understand that you were there for their reason some who some 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 Ha, that's right, Linda. Some, some are going to see. Some are going to appreciate the word. Some are going to come back, Linda, and say, you know, when you, you, when you told me what that dream meant, I, I didn't really at first receive it, but I, I, I understood it fully later because I then saw it manifested. So some are going to come back and realize, okay, she wasn't just dibbling and dabbling. She was speaking by way of the Holy Ghost. Some are going to realize that, yes, I, I, I got an understanding from the Lord. Some, some, some. God says, so stop worrying about those that laugh because the some are coming. And guess what happens? If you get to the end of that in verse 13, it says a very great assembly. God said the some, the sprinkling, I'm talking and prophesying to myself. There's been a little bit of somebody's that have uh, that have appreciated uh, uh, Dr. Jewel. There have been, been some that have said, okay, that woman is in, integral. There have been a few that they've, it seemed like for a long time it was more than mocked and tried to come against me and tell me I was a false prophet and tell me I was rebuked of the Lord. And It seemed like it was more them than it was of the some. But God says in this scripture and I prophesy over myself that some is going to very soon become a very great assembly. Say that to yourself. There's some that may listen now, but that's going to become a very great assembly. Why? Because you're a resilient reformer. You are a resilient reformer. You are continuing to give the message. You're not backing down. You're doing what the Lord has said. Ah! So come on. That's right. Come on. See, you might have a little right now that are, that are watching you. You might have just some, some that, that, that are encouraging you in your business. You might just have some that are uh, being part of your ministry. You might have some that are doing this or that. But guess what? You keep doing God says that psalm is coming a great assembly. I feel that. I feel it. I receive that my own self. I receive that my own self. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Second Chronicles 30, 14 and 15 says, they set to work and removed the altars that were in Jerusalem and all the altars for burning incense they took away and threw them into the brook Kurdan. And they slaughtered the Passover lamb on the 14th day of the second month. And the priests and the Levites were ashamed so that they consecrated themselves and brought burnt bought the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. The resilient reformer doesn't let the current con condition keep them from building God's plan. See, the king set about doing the work that needed to be done. He was getting the house of God back in order. He was removing every wrong altar that was set up. And because of the work that was going forward, it began to bring about shame in those that had a lack. See, the priests and the Levites were ashamed. Why? 
They felt shame because they were lacking in their consecration. They was lacking in the things that they should have been doing. Sometimes, can I help you? Let me help you. Sometimes you're going to have people that will do like the, the, the priest and the Levite. Your working, your doing and being obedient is going to make them feel ashamed because they realize they ain't up to, they ain't doing what they supposed to do. Now, some of them ain't going to take it right. Some of them going to then turn that on you. Oh, you think you this, you think you that. No, no, no. Your feeling the shame has nothing to do with me. You looking at the work that I'm doing and God is using it as convicting your heart and your soul that you need to get back in order. So I'm not carrying no guilt for nobody. Let me say that right now. I'm not carrying guilt for nobody. I'm going to stay on the wall. I'm going to stay resilient. I'm going to keep being a reformer. I'm going to keep putting the things in place that the Lord has told me to put in place. I'm going to keep saying I'm tearing down everything that's not like God, not only the altars in the church, but the altars on my heart. What altars have I allowed to set up in my heart that now must be gone? If you let rejection, abandonment, those things have become an altar and you go sacrifice to it, whether you realize it or not. So we got to say, Lord, what altar have I allowed in my life that I need to tear down so that I do not have anything hindering what I need to do. That's all right. Catch the replay. Amen. So that's what a resilient reformer looks like. Now let's take a few minutes to look at what a righteous Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What the righteous reformer looks like. Let's look at that for a few minutes. So the righteous reform, I read in 2 Chronicles 31 and 1 says, but when all this was finished, all Israel who were present went out to the cities in Judah and broke down in pieces the pillars and cut down the ashram and broke down the high places and the altars throughout all Judah and Benjamin and Ephraim and Manasseh until they had destroyed them all. Then all, then all of the people returned to their cities, every man to his possession. See, religious reformers cut down anything that hinders the worship of God. The people didn't return home until the work was done. See, God is saying we got to stop going to our own comfortable place because home represents the place of comfort, the place where I get to relax. Many of us are trying to relax before we've done and completed the assignments that God has given us. God is saying we need to stay strong, stay in the work until it's completed, no matter what it takes. Uh, it, it, it's going to take sacrifice in this season to get and see the things that God has promised you, you're going to have to sacrifice for. Can I just help you? Can I help somebody today? We got to stop believing that it's the name it, claim it, snatch it, grab it. It's mine today because I said it's mine today. It was yours. Let me help you out. It was yours because God said it was yours. Now you got to do the work. He has made it available. We still got to do the work. We got to show up and do what he's called us to do in the places he called us to do it if we want to see those things. And so we have to have this mindset that I am going to be righteous. I'm going to be righteous in the eyesight of God. Why? Because he's called me to it. It's really simple. He called me to complete the work. And if he is holy, he said, I must be holy. And part of holiness is that ability to, to, to stay in alignment with what I've been called alignment with my assignment. That's what it's meant to stay in alignment with my assignment. Amen. Let's read. Let's read on. 
Second Chronicles 31 verses 2 through 10 says, And Hezekiah appointed the divisions of the priests and of the Levites, division by division, each according to his service, the priests and the Levites for burnt offers and peace offers to minister into the gates at the camp of the Lord and to give thanks and praises. The contribution of the king from his own possession was for the burnt offers. The burnt offerings of morning and evening and the burnt offering for the Sabbaths, the new moons and the appointed feasts, and it is written in the law of the Lord. And he commanded the people who lived in Jerusalem to give the portion due to the priests and the Levites, that they might give themselves to the law of the Lord. As soon as the commandment was spread about the people of Israel gave in abundance in the first fruits of grain, wine, oil, honey, and all the products of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. And the people of Israel and Judah who lived in the cities of Judah also brought in the tithes of cattle and sheep and the tithes of dedicated things that had been dedicated to Lord their God and laid them in heaps. In the third month, they began to pile up the heaps and finish them in the seventh month. When Hezekiah and the princes came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. And Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites about the heaps. And they said, <clears throat> excuse me, they answered him, since they began to bring the contributions into the house of the Lord, we have eaten and have enough and have plenty left for the Lord has blessed his people so that we have this large amounts left. Can I tell you something? When I read this, this is what the Lord said. He said, first of all, religious reformers build the structure of the people. So it's not just about you doing stuff, but it's about building up God's people. And so they challenge people to be cheerful gilder, to build God's kingdom. See, what I appreciate in this scripture is a few things. First of all, one of the things said the contribution of the king from his own possession. Gone are the days where as a leader, I tell you to do what I say and not do what I do. Did you hear what I just said? Gone are the days as a leader where I could tell you to do what I do, but I but not do what I say. No, I'm going to do it and you follow me. I'm going to be a cheerful giver. You ain't got to beg me to give. In fact, I'm always looking for ways to give. I'm always looking for avenues on how I can bless somebody. Now I'm getting ready to tell y'all something. And I'm not telling you this to pat myself on the back. I'm telling you this for a reason. We started this church seven years ago. We, we are getting ready to come up on eight years. I don't get a salary. My husband don't get a salary. The church gives us like a little offering when we can. And let me tell you something. Why did we do that? When we first started this church, my husband and I said to the Lord, Lord, bless our business, bless our, our hands so financially we can take care of ourselves so that if a church can't provide for us financially, that we can still do the work. Eh. Woo. We can still do the work. We can still do the work and have our needs met. So, you know, so when people come at me, I'm going to tell y'all something. So when people be trying to come at me talking about I'm not a good pastor, you can kick rocks with a broke toe and no shoes on because I know what I do for the Lord. I know how I sacrifice for the Lord. And I don't say that in a bragging tone, but I know what I do for the Lord. I give out of my love for him. I give my time to people. I give what he asks of me. So guess what? There is no way then if you, if I'm your pastor or you connected to me, don't come to me with like, oh, I'm tired. Mm -mm, I, 
Who tad? You can't be more tad than I am. Why? Because I'm not asking you to do something that I haven't done. I'm not asking you to do something on a path that I have not walked. And God said, gone are the days that leaders are sitting back saying, just serve me, serve me. And that's it. No, God said, I am calling for servant minded leaders who are willing to serve first and teach others what serving looks like. Y'all got me here with the ugly cry. Y'all got me here with the ugly cry. The second thing is the people, uh, the king said, look, I'm going to appoint you over different things. He said he appointed those that had over the burnt offering, those that were over the, the, the other different feasts. God is saying part of the leadership, part of what we do as people is we got to learn our place and then we do it well. Do it with an abundance. Do it willingly. If God called you to clean the bathroom, you clean that bathroom so clean that they could eat off the floor and you do it with pride because you cleaning up the bathroom is no less important than the person standing in the pulpit preaching. Because if we come, somebody come to the church, the pastor could be wonderful, but if the house is dirty and nasty, people ain't coming back because they because what they what that looked like and said to them is, oh, these people don't care. They have no integrity. They don't care what their house looks like. Uh-uh. You make sure whatever your job is that you do it you are there and you are diligent no more excuses we can't have excuses well i, I you know i would have showed up to you know but this who i was tired or no show up unless the lord tell you you don't have to show up and then i love this part it says because they gave so much they had a large amount left i instantly heard Joseph's storehouse effect. God is saying, as the people of God, when you are a cheerful giver, not only given to basically your church, but given to kingdom, there are kingdom assignments God wants us to give into. Uh, you know, Quinn does, she has an organization to help with abuse. Go give some money. She can't run that by itself. Go, go put some money in it. Go look for, go ask the Lord, where do you want me to bless? Who do you want me to bless? And when I do it, then that's what I'll do. Go find some organization. I actively look for who's doing some things. I see people that, that, that just be saying, you know what? I'm building an outdoor ministry and I'm feeding folks. I inbox them. How can I bless you? Can I, can I, can I, you know, give you something towards that? And I'll do it from us, me personally, and I'll do it from the church. We actually have a fund just for that to help other ministry. That's unheard of. Most churches like I'm not helping no other ministry. But see, that's the wrong mindset. That's church mindset. I'm kingdom mindset. Woo. All right. I got off on a tangent. I, I, I just I needed to say that because we have this fear of giving like we going to give and and that's going to somehow impoverish us don't you know when you give that is how you become blessed the more you get you can't it's a cliche but it's the truth you can't out give god you release see i can't get nothing in my hands if my hands are closed when you refuse to to, to be generous you have closed fists i can't put nothing in here if i wanted to but when i'm giving my hands are open and because my hands are open i can also receive as i give out and so that's how god wants us in this time last scripture and then i'm going to go into prayer and if you have a prayer need you can put it in the comment second chronicles 31 and i'm reading 11 and 12 and then i'm going to read 20 and 21 then hezekiah commanded them to prepare chambers in the house of the lord and they prepared them and they faithfully brought in the contribution the tithes and the dedicated things 
verse 20. Then Hezekiah did throughout all Judea, and he did what was good and right and faithful before the Lord his God. And every work that he undertook in the service of the house of God and in accordance with the law and the commandments, seeking his God, he did with all his heart and prospered. Look at that last word, prosper. Many of us want the prosperity, but we don't want to do the stuff with our whole heart. Prosperity is not coming to you unless you are doing what the Lord called you to do and you do it with your whole heart. That's it. That People want the secret to prosperity and, and being rich, so to speak. This is how. You do what the Lord told you to do. That's it. You do what God told you to do and you will prosper. But let me also say to you, you're going to prosper differently than the world considers prosperity. The world considers prosperity just about how much you get in your bank account. But can I say today, prosperity of the Lord is more than your financial. Prosperity of the Lord is a wholeness. He will prosper your soul. So what does that mean? He'll bring you to a place of healing and wholeness so that you no longer are triggered and stuff is going wrong. So he will heal you. That's part of your prosperity. Uh, God, for some, he will heal your physical parts. He will heal your body when you follow his instruction. God will prosper you in every realm that you need prosperity. He'll prosper your relationships. He'll prosper your mind so that you have access to more wisdom. So God's prosperity and riches is far greater than what we kind of limit ourselves to just what's in my bank account. So God is saying those, when you are a righteous, uh, when you are a righteous and a religious, and religious in this sense is not talking about the religion spirit, uh, self-right. No, we're talking about righteous self, uh, I mean, not, I'm not self, but a righteous a religion in terms of what God sees. But when you are resilient and you are righteous. Guess what happens? As a reformer, God says, that's right, your soul will prosper and be in good health. So God is saying to us, when we do what he's called us to do, we will begin to see our lives prosper. I promise y'all, we are in the prospering season. I see it. I see it in my own life. Stuff that used to would get me over here, like even last week, I wasn't live because I got sick. Don't know what happened. I don't know. It just, I got sick. Normally I'd have been like, Lord, that don't make no sense. I'm doing this for you. Why you let this happen? And then instead I said, why not me? You know what? Why not me? Why not me? Is because I started to rejoice because that means if the enemy is attacking me, that means I'm going somewhere. He ain't attacking me if I ain't going nowhere. That means I'm doing something. That means I'm elevating. That means I'm stepping up. So guess what? He is going to attack. So I got to learn how to say, I got to brush that off. I'm going to keep doing what the Lord told me to do because I'm in my prospering season. It doesn't matter if I had a bump in the road. That is not going to stop my prospering season. Don't matter if, you know, a customer uh, bounced a check or didn't get what they paid for. It doesn't matter. Why? Because I'm in my prospering season. It doesn't matter that somebody, you know, rebuked you or said this or said that. Don't worry, why? Because you're in your prospering season. This is the time where God says you keep doing what I've called you to do, and you will see my you will see my hand move in your life. I pray this blessed you today. I'm getting ready to pray. And if you have any prayer requests, then please put them in the comment and I will 
I will feel honored to pray for you. Father, we thank you today because we are your reformers. We are here. This is the time of change. You are not only changing us from the inside out, but you have called us to assignments. Yeah, the Lord said he has called us to some assignments. You have called us to the assignment to be those that activate and see about some change for others. Lord God, as we pray, I thank you, Father, that we're going to see our sons and daughters uh, prosper. We're going to see our sons and daughters say, because that's what you said. When we do, you can have compassion on our loved ones. So today, Father, we're asking you to have compassion on our loved ones that are not saved yet. We're asking you to have compassion on those that stand in need of prayer. We're asking you to have compassion on those, Lord, that, that may even be feeling discouraged. Uh, Father, we're asking right now in the name of Jesus, uh, by the precious blood of the Lamb, that you would uh, just pour out encouragement today on your sons and daughters. Lord, I bring your daughter Linda to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the assignment that you have on her life. Father, I thank you that it's like I see it engraved. The assignment on your life, Linda, is engraved. You know, sometimes we, we look at our assignments and because of the attacks that we have, we almost think it's written like in an erasable ink, like it's, you know, stuff is going to erase it away. Trials are going to rust it, rust, you know, uh, erase it away. Uh, issues are going to erase it away. Hardships are going to erase it away. I don't know what I say. Even when the waters flow over, it's like I see this heavy stone. Uh, the best I can do is it's not a stone, but it kind of reminds me like this, this marble piecing. It's like I see a heavy stone and your name is engraved on it and your assignment is engraved on it. So the waters can come. The floods can come. The storms can come. But God says to you today and reminds you, Linda, that your assignment and your purpose is engraved. Ah, he said, Lord, not only is he engraved it upon your heart to follow it, he said, but it is it is sealed by him. It is sealed upon his heart. And he said, because I am your God and because you keep coming to me, I will fulfill those things concerning you. He said, don't get discouraged. Even if it seems like it's a delay, it is not. There's a perfect timing and God will never um, prematurely birth that which is not in season. Eh. Come on, somebody. And I hear the Lord say, when it comes, the suddenly for you is going to be overwhelming because it's going to bring the things that you have been asking for. There are some things that you have been in need of. And God says, I am bringing them to you. So I pray encouragement over you woman of God. I pray the Lord encourages your heart. I pray that the Lord continue to uh, remind you that you are engraved. Ha, ha. It's engraved. It is sealed. And Father, thank you for the new strength in this season. I see the Lord just like puffing you up and not puffed up as in the wrong way, but it's like you've kind of sagged. You know, like of a balloon after a while, the air in it kind of goes out and the balloon doesn't stay at the elevation it needs to be. But God is like, I am blowing. <sighs> new wind into you. He said, I'm blowing fresh air, fresh anointing, fresh encouragement, new revelation, new mindset. He's like, I'm blowing into you. Oh, I felt that. He said, as I blow into you, you will rise to new elevation. So father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for that, which you are doing 
for um, your daughter. Lord, I pray for Sapphire's son right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for, for her child and, and somebody else. Hannah, I thank you, Lord, for the children, uh, for those that have children in this season. Father, I thank you because you said that our sons and daughters would dream dreams. And, and, and Father, I thank you for rising up the dreamers in our children. I thank you, Father, for rising up the prophets in our children. I thank you for the gifts of healing. I thank you, Father, for rising up the prophets even in our children. So I thank you for the apostles, the evangelists, the pastors, even in our children right now in the name of Jesus. And I know sometimes that seems heavy when it's on a child, but Father, you're going to help these children be able to walk under these mantles. You're going to do that for Sapphire's son. You're going to do that for uh, Marcy's children. You're going to help the children, those that have children. You're going to help them to be able to stand under the anointing you have on their lives. Father, I pray for their minds in this season, that the enemy of their soul won't try to come against their mind because the enemy he not only tries to come one of the things the enemy does real hard especially for the prophet he tries to bring about a spirit of delusion or he tries to bring about lunacy but i speak soundness over our children's minds i speak soundness over their decisions i speak in the name of jesus that our children that, that wisdom that children have wisdom even at a young age they don't have to wait till they get 30 or 40 but even at 11 12 35 4 that our children be to be those that are wisdom, uh, that have the wisdom of God, the understanding of God. Speak to our children, Lord, uh, and secure them and save their hearts. Father, and so I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that what you are doing is, Father, I thank you. You are providing for our children the opportunity to walk in the fullness of who you have called them to be. So, Father, we come against every attack. We come against every word curse. We come against everything that the enemy has tried to place on them. And we decree and declare, Lord God, even from the schools, I see even from the schools, that the schools won't be able to say, oh, they can't do this and they can't do that. Father, I thank you that even if those kind of words have been spoken over them, that they are canceled in the name of Jesus because our children will learn. They will prosper. They will be, uh, they will do well in school. I just believe father, even as they grow and get ready for high school, father, I ask you to open up doors for, um, uh, financial blessings so they don't have to pay for college, um, bring about scholarships and 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 all those kind of things that they don't have to pay the money back so that they won't be indebted even as they go forward. Father, I thank you for bringing the right people, the right um, coaches, the right teachers into their, um, into their um, lives, Father. And I thank you. Yes, Father, I thank you that you just even go into the schools now, Father, and wherever there's trouble, if there's bullying, we, we curse that in the root and the the name of Jesus, if there's even the wrong kind of attitude from the teachers in the name of Jesus, we decree and declare, Father, that you are going to uh, uh, fix those situations. Help our children not to get discouraged in those times. Father, I pray right now that you would give them a peace. So even if some things are going on, they have learned how to get into the place of receiving your peace. So Father, I pray that you, your spirit goes in and that you just clean out, rectify anything that's coming against our children right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you as the praying parents, uh, those that have the children, and even as they parents, Lord God, that are praying for them, Father. I pray, Lord God, even as they pray, they will begin to see quick turnarounds. They will see quick resolutions. That's what I hear. God, bring quick resolutions to situations as it relates to the children. Father, I pray for their safety. 
Yes, God, I pray for their safety. Father, I pray, Lord, against bullying. And Father, I pray against the taunts of the enemy that either tries to taunt through people or even self-doubt. We come against self-doubt that you are helping our children in this season uh, to begin to grow and to know who they are in you. So, Father, we seal this prayer with the blood and we stay, we stand in expectation of saying, thank you, Lord. We're ready to hear and to see you do the change. And we just give you the praise for it. Now, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would even continue to help us as we continue to search and find and follow after you. Father, I thank you for the things that you're going to do as it relates to our businesses, our ministries, uh, our pursuits, those that are pursuing a thing, whether it's education, um, whether it's the building of their business. I pray, Lord God, that you would continue to do that which needs to be done in our lives so that we are aligned for the things that we are seeking from you. Because, Father, we are already understand we can want a thing but is it in agreement with you so help us to even align our desires in the right way so that what we desire what we're seeking after are in alignment with you and so father we say thank you because father just as hezekiah was faithful in doing the things that you called him to do you said that he prospered so i thank you that this is the season of prospering i also thank you lord god that you said this is the joseph storehouse effect that there are going to be those and i hear this what the Lord said, even in your financial storehouse, God is going to give you the tools if you ask him on how to even be able to become a storehouse for yourself. Uh, many years ago, the Lord brought this to me and it was when I, I was in a place of lack. I mean, I, I'm just going to be transparent. My money was so bad till somebody had to give me groceries. That's how bad our financial situation was. And I said, Lord, help me because things are not well. And he said, coupon. And I was like, coupon. So I began to coupon. And guess what happened? I went from lack to the place where I had a storehouse. I had a storehouse. This is having coupon in maybe four or five years. Can I tell you, I still have some stuff in my storehouse. It's stuff that don't expire like shampoo, but I still have things in my storehouse. What am I trying to tell you? God is saying, when you come to him in the place where you have lack, in the place where you have need and ask him how to become a storehouse, he's going to give you the tools and you just got to do what he say do. Even if it's unusual for me, I was in a coupon. He told me how to coupon so that I was able to go with spending the same little money I had to, to end up with over $10,000 worth of products that I didn't pay the money for, but it was because I coupon. What am I trying to tell you? God is one that if you give him what he tells you to do, he will help you do and receive the storehouse. So, Father, I just believe that there are some storehouse effects going on. There are some churches that are supposed to be storehouse. There are some ministries that are supposed to be storehouse. It's some individuals that are supposed to be storehouses. Father, help us to be these storehouses, not only for ourselves, but then when there are people in need, we can then pour out. Because I would even take bags of stuff to people at my church because they didn't have. God is saying there's going to be a large amount left over when we uh, obedient to what he has called. So Father, I thank you for the large amount left over in my checking account. I thank you for the large amount left over in the church's account. I thank you for the large amount left over in your sons and daughters accounts. Why? So that they can become the storehouses. They can now become those that bless somebody else. So Father, we just give you the praise and the honor for it all in Jesus name. Amen and amen. I pray this message blessed you. 
as we continue with the lesson about the reformer. So next week, as we finish up this month, we will be talking about the encouraging reformer. Sometimes, you know, God says you got to tell folks when they need to change, but sometimes you got to also encourage folks to be able to do what the Lord has called me to do. Thank you for your prayers. I do appreciate them. I do appreciate them. I do appreciate them. Also, my last little uh, uh, little piece, don't forget, I've got my books out. For those that didn't know, you know, I published eight books last uh, from August to um, December. And I actually have a couple more coming out. I've just started working on my children's series. So I already have two of those books out. The third one will be going to the publisher soon. It's called The Church Picnic. Um, so uh, just, um, you know, take a visit at my website. You can grab some books and I would appreciate your um, support. So you know what we always say, we're going to do what? We're going to pray until the mountains are moved. So until next week, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Have a good day.